You're listening to The Wilder Podcast. Episode number 28 with me, Carson Dupree. Hi everybody, it's Carson Dupree and this is a really special episode and this is also the third time I've recorded this intro so hopefully this time I nail it because the other two were like I recorded them wrong and they just didn't work so this is the last time I'm gonna do it so if there's a couple errors I'm sorry. Anyway this is a super special episode. This episode is with my my mother. So everything I learned I learned from her. Um not really, but most things I I learned about life, I learned from my mom. And um, yeah, this is a really special episode. We are really conversational, so just heads up, we talk over each other at certain parts. But you know what? This was my first in-person interview I've ever done, and my mom did great. Um, the mic was a little bit too close to me, so I sound super loud. Promise you I wasn't screaming, but it might seem like I was. Um... And yeah, it was a two hour conversation that I was able to cut down, but we kind of reminisced here and there. So yeah, I just kind of cut some of that stuff out (laughs) and, um, yeah, I'm trying to think that's kind of it when it comes to warnings about this episode. Um, we got really into my mom's past. We didn't talk a ton about me as a kid and my mom raising me, but there are a few things if you stay tuned to the end of the episode that my mom in all motherly fashion forgot to mention and was like, oh my gosh, I need to put this at the end of the podcast. So I will include her final thoughts at the end of the podcast. Um, but other than that, I don't really have anything besides personal announcement. I did start my own nannying job last week. So I am watching a five and a half month old every single day of the week besides Saturday and Sunday, um, from seven to three. And it's a friend of mine and she's, like I said, five and a half months old and she's amazing. The baby's not a friend of mine. Her mom is, but I guess the baby is too. Um, and that's been really fun and helping out some friends and they're kind of helping me out by giving me a little, a little jab. And it's keeping me really present, honestly. And I'm super grateful for this super sweet time in my life. Um, Phoenix is going to be nine months old on Friday, which is just blowing my mind. I can't even believe it. He's officially 20 pounds. He's eating everything. And it's crazy. I'm also sipping a little glass of red wine and kind of eating everything these days. I just... This, two babies on me at all the, all times kind of leads to lots of snacking. So I have been meal prepping as you've been seeing on Instagram. If you do follow me, if you don't, you should. It's at Carson, K-A-R-S-Y-N-K, just the letter K and then Dupree, D-U-P-R-E-E. Um, and if you want to follow my mom who is on this, she does plug her jewelry business, her and her husband, Michael's jewelry business, Peas and Carrots Silver. And I will have all of that in the link on the show notes. I'll have all of that linked in the show notes. So don't worry about typing all that in. It should be right there on the app that you're looking on. But I think that's all that I've got. Honestly, not a ton of announcement this week. I just kind of wanted to get this episode out because I did take a week off because this was a two hour episode that I needed to like really focus on and edit and do a good job. So I tried and enjoy this interview with my mom. This is my first podcast episode I recorded in person. Ah. So, yeah, not weird. It's my mom, so it's way easier. If it had been anybody else, it could have been awkward. I think I've said this. My whole family calls me KK. What made KK come about? Hunter was 15 months old, and he could not say Carson. 
That was the name I picked for you, Carson K, and I love the way that it was spelled when I wrote it and the way that we spelled it. That You love the way it looked, right? Yes, K-A-R-S-Y-N. Really pretty and cursive, and your middle name is K after all the women in our family whose middle name is K. There's a whole slew of them. There's a lot. <laughs> and, um, and so, but... We couldn't say Carson, and we kept on talking about baby Carson, and my sister Sherry said, why don't we call her KK? That'll be easier for Bud to say. We all call Hunter Bud. Um, oh, yeah. Hunter, my brother's boy. name is Bud. So let's talk about you. What I remember the most, of course, I was born in Roswell. Then we moved to El Paso. My dad, okay, do you want me to tell the Nana Poppy meeting story? Because that's such a good that's one. That's such a good one. They didn't, okay, spoiler alert, they are now divorced. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. They were together for a really long time. Yeah. And they made some good people. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, my mom was a flight attendant. Back then, they called them stewardesses, and she was the youngest one in the school for TWA at the time. She was 17. Mom was grounded in Roswell, New Mexico, and Avis ran a car trying to hit her up the whole time, and they were bad weather, whatever, where you're grounded and you have to okay. spend the night, and yeah. then you're going to get on the plane and go back tomorrow. So anyway, he kept trying to hit on her, let me take out for a drink, all that good stuff, and she was like, oh, please. So anyway, he was Mr. Joe Stud, and he was trying to ask her out, and finally she caved and agreed to go have a drink. Well, um, he uh, was down in drinks like a crazy full hard liquor and probably like scotch and water, but he was too poor then. He wasn't, you know he wasn't drinking scotch, but he was drinking something <laughs> strong. And so he was, anyway, he looked at mom all suave and said, what would you like to drink? She goes, I understand what you're having. So long, tall drink, big, strong drink. And so he's busy giving all this uh verbal diarrhea trying to impress her <laughs> and he looks up and she's clanking her glass with the straw it's empty she's already sucked it down so he sucks his down and orders two more well he keeps on talking she's clanking her glass again nana has two hollow legs yeah the i was about to say doesn't that get she doesn't get drunk unless you know. give her champagne that's like her only weakness okay, yeah but and so she is like keeping up and dad's sucking this down and meanwhile he's loopy and she's having to drive him get him where he needs to be well they're still spending time together and somehow my grandfather's in the hospital with an ulcer surgery so he says where hey, she's grounded or yeah no? in Roswell because okay. that's where they live and he said I want you to meet my parents so anyway long story short we don't know what happened after the time he met her in the hospital I mean everybody put that together oh, sexy. but by the next morning she was engaged called her parents the farmers in East Texas and said hey I'm marrying this like Willie and Roswell that's not what she said but anyway this this very conservative farmer family she's called home and said I'm gonna marry this guy unknown all this stuff so they have to come donald donald lynn brown, lynn brown janice and bowen wait not his middle name is ann yeah in no way is it ann yes Anne. did you make that up no <gasps> so uh yeah and then how long were they married before they had you two years dang that's a long yeah, time they were 22 they got married when they were 20 and they had me when nana was 22 poppy was 23 um, I was in Roswell, then they had Sherry two years later in El Paso, and then they moved back to Roswell, and I was born, do you want me to go into my physical part? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Born with my hips rotated in, completely duck-footed, and I had to wear the braces up over my head when I'm sleeping a toddler. One year old, they were trying to turn my feet out. Turns out it was my hips. It was the 70s. So is that what inspired Poppy to do yes. chiropractic yes. work? Because um, they put me in special ugly orthopedic shoes and braces. Nothing worked. And then they came to my parents and said, at three years old, they wanted to break, two years old, three years old, they wanted to break my pelvis and put me in a body cast for a year. And Poppy said, no, 
No, I don't think so. And he decided, well, shit, how do you be a chiropractor? And found out that the original chiropractic college was in Davenport, Iowa. So, just like the Beverly Hillbillies, we packed up everything in a little VW bug and a little pull U-Haul trailer, sold everything that we didn't absolutely need, loaded up, and we moved the whole family to Davenport, Iowa. We lived in little rent houses. We went to school there. Nana was Lots a, of snow. Yes, Nana was a telephone operator, and I just, my biggest memory was her wearing really short, mod mini dresses. Dad got to finish, and they packed up the stuff and moved in East Texas, and Dad started his practice in Henderson, and we lived there from the time I was nine years old until I moved out to college at 18. I was a ooh, wallflower. Ooh, let's talk about body image. Uh, body image comes in. I had a drill team. And, and so I would start to put something in my mouth and I can't tell you how many times he'd catch me and pop me on the tummy. <laughs> you know, your little flabby tummy in the in the 80s, you had mom jeans that were way up high and you had to tuck everything in. So nothing was holding your poochy tummy in. Pop my tummy with the back of his hand and go, hold that tummy in. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, that's that's a, that happened more than once. Yeah. I can't tell you yeah. how many times. I mean, that he picked on me when I was a kid too. Yeah. So like, I I, mean, I believe you. He would look at me when I was in the refrigerator, looking. He goes, "You need that, like you need a hole in the head." <laughs> in the '80s, good lord, we all dressed alike from head to toe. That's so. Funny. I mean, it was so trendy. Everybody wore these jeans. Everybody wore these ruffle tops. Everybody wore these jelly shoes, or you know, whatever. Kids, kids were my. Deal. Is it very thirteen going on? 30? Like, is that accurate? Yes. God, <laughs> yes. That's it. Wings. We all use the same final, you know. Yeah. The Aquanet on our hair and rolled our hair every day. Oh, and wore the, the thick CoverGirl makeup and blush. Okay, okay. Well, more fun. Like, so okay. who was your, like, celebrity crush when you were in high school? Besides Mark Hamill? Okay, what else? Oh, Baywatch? Sean. What was Sean's last name? The Hardy Boys. Sean. Uh, Parker Stevenson and <laughs> who are these oh, people? Sean, what's his name? He had gorgeous it blonde. Sean I had a Cassidy? thing for blondes. Sean, no. Yeah. Oh, Were you like one hundred percent always attracted to men? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't always one hundred percent attracted to men, but but I'm just saying. Have you ever kissed a girl? I don't think I have. If you could say anything to your fifteen year old self or sixteen year old self, what would you say? I would say you need to think more of yourself. You need to stop listening to the noise, whether it comes from your family, your boyfriend. Your crazy boyfriend. Yes. Or the rest of the world. Because it was small town. And that's where you got your... Yeah, we were was. watching TV. You were here. And it, the gossip mill was ridiculous. People are cruel. They still are. But now it's actually on TV and strangers are cruel. Think about yourself first and not what everybody thinks. Because those people don't matter a damn. What would your life have been like if you had listened to yourself? Who knew? (laughs) It would have gone in a completely different direction. I had to go to the college my father chose. What would you have pursued? Oh, gosh. What were you into? Like, did you like to sing? You love music. Well, I was creative with my hands from the very beginning. Oh, I guess we'll get to that, though. We'll get to it. And, um... I should have done something like that, but the pressure was I needed to find some kind of white-collar, really good job. job. Yes. Where I could do that job for the next 40 years. Yeah. Um, I tried drafting. I thought I'll be an interior designer, which I really didn't know anything about it. That's cute. And um, But I didn't know you could be a maker, a creator, different kinds of artists. I yeah. mean, I couldn't draw, but I sure could make things. I was going to teach math. Math was my number one math. subject. Math? Yeah. It was my best You're subject. You're not my mother. I don't... I didn't. <laughs> so what was your first 
experience with pregnancy mm. and birth like? Like, how much did you feel like your education was when it came to your body and came to, you know, your options with birth? Like, what was your desired birth? I know you witnessed your sister give birth and you didn't like what you saw. Well, what happened, it was, the, it was not what I saw. It was my first, if I Scary. ever probably had yeah. a panic attack, that was probably it. And I had camped out there for sure to have like in four. And your little sister. Yeah. And she was first. I mean, she got married first. I got married right behind her. Mm -hmm. And um, then she was the first one to have a baby. And so we were there. I'd never been at a hospital waiting for a baby to be born. And this was our family. Mm -hmm. So we were invested. We were going to be there. Yeah. And... So it took a long time, and it was morning time, and there were some crazy emergencies, and they thought the cord was, you know. It's actually a long story. Yeah, yeah it's complicated. But, not, but anyway, it was okay, and they rushed her in to have an emergency C-section, but it turned out the cord was around his shoulder and not around his neck, and so he was born, but she was he was in the birth canal a long time, and he came out with this pointed head. Anyway, she was rushed in to have a C-section, and she gave birth vaginally on yes. the table because yes. she was just like, she said, she told me the story recently, and she said that her body was just like, nope, like, I'm ready, I have to push there's no like yeah they think they didn't want her to push or something and then she yeah. just pushed and it just yeah. came out so i look at lakin and and there's that new human and i just couldn't absorb it it was just <laughs> so big and you had an epidural birth and it was a positive experience it was it was and fantastic then mom's taking care of a eight month old we decided it was eight months because you've always thought it was six in the story but it's actually eight so you were taking care of phoenix basically yes and then she finds out ding 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 she's pregnant with me and you were on it was mother's day it was Mother's Day, and you were on birth control. You had, like, different types of contraception, correct? It was the mini pill, and I was nursing. Okay. Which my doctor, my OB, had told me that you cannot get That pregnant. is a myth, and I have posted about this myth because it's a myth. Everyone, like, I, we use a secondary choice of birth control. And so what was that like, that birth experience? Um, it was easy. It was, I had to get up. At, I could barely sleep that night, and we had to be, I was the last one awake, and everyone was in town because I had in-laws keeping Hunter, and my family was in town, and, and we had to get up. My bags were packed as I would been, and we left at 5.30, and I got induced, and then you were born four hours flat later. Four hours later. Do you want to tell about how you and my home met? Like a quick... We were working together, and this is eight years I've been married to your dad, and we had just slowly drifted apart, and, you know, we just weren't connected, and that was just how that was, and, you know, I'm sure lots of moms can feel that and have felt that, and we just didn't have any way to go back. I mean, we didn't... Yeah. We got married young, and we got married because we were pregnant, and I just don't recommend that. We didn't have that kind of connection. I met Michael, and we had an instant connection, and... You know, we had been working together and been friends, and then you know, was, I had to take a good look at my life and decide, you know, what I wanted for y'all, what I wanted for myself. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, but Michael and I married two years after your dad and I divorced, and every time I see him, I think I won the lottery. Oh, that's sweet. That's kind of so sweet. Um, <laughs> and but you guys spent a lot of your relationship apart. We did because five years because he was a radiation therapist and the best job that he was offered was in Bryan College Station so he had an apartment in Bryan College Station and he worked during the week Monday through Friday there and he would drive home on Friday spend the weekend with us of course do everything yeah. with us and then he would head back either the crack of dawn on Monday he'd get up at four or he would go 
uh, late in the evening on Sunday night. And so for five years, it was more than five years. In a long time. Um, we lived that life. And then when you moved out after you went to college and Hunter went off to college and you and Colin got together and you were moving in with him. We decided mm -hmm. we were going to downsize. Had a little cancer scare there in the middle that made us redirect our oh, life. Oh, you? Yeah. Yes. But you know what? She had serious endometriosis, which is a form yeah. of endometriosis. And you can't find that till you open and you up can't, to see. Yep. And we've talked about endometriosis on the podcast before um, with Jess Cameron and she has one part podcast and Know Your Endo is her new um, awareness platform for endometriosis. Back and in my day, it was like crying wolf. Well, and with mine, I had a I had a history of ovarian cysts. I even had one rupture before surgery, and now all of a sudden I have this mask. My period stopped altogether. Oh yeah, say then, sorry. Back I, up and say what's happening. Like how? Okay. Why, what even sent you in? Was there an abnormal well, pap or what? No. I mean, I'm living my life, and um, I had found this great doctor in Bryan College Station. Which I made, was 18. Yes, and it made it convenient because I would just go down to see Michael at the apartment in Bryan, and I would I found a great doctor there, and that was his doctor and his insurance, and I was on his insurance. So I would just go see him there, and so all of a sudden, it's not time for a regular checkup, but yet I've realized after four months, am I premenopausal? What's going on? So I went to my doctor and I said, listen, hey. Haven't had a period in four months. Do you think I could be in menopause? She goes, yeah. no. no, but I'm going to do a no. blood test. And so she said, in the meantime, let's do a pelvic exam. And you know how doctors don't tell you stuff. And you yeah. know something's happening. And so she did an exam and is, uh, you know, examining my ovaries and said, I tell you what, <laughs> you yeah. know, when they spin around and they start writing stuff in your chart, yeah. you think, okay, she's not even saying that shit out loud. What's happening? And, I, and I'm a real need to know kind of person. Yeah. I, I would want to know. Yeah, I came back and she said, there's a mass. And of course, I read the report. She goes, there's a mass on your ovary. And I want you to see this specialist gynecologist. And I go see him. And he goes, okay, well, we're going to give you this blood test, which is a cancer rating test. And um, tells you if you have these levels. Markers, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's in there. And, and mine was elevated. And so your brain, your, you could Google yourself into a, a frenzy. Yeah. And so, of course, the biggest terms that stick out are ovarian cancer. And there's no way to find that unless you have surgery. So I go to an oncologist, fast forward. Everybody's scared to death. And so we had MRIs. We had all the stuff done. And he said, okay, you have a mask, but we won't know what it is until we get in there and look at it. Okay, because you had a hysterectomy. Yeah. And they said that, hey, so we went in, no cancer, great news. And Well, they take out all your stuff and send it to the lab while you're still wide open, and then they come back. And yeah, and then they said, they said, but she had antinemiosis, which is a form of endometriosis, and it spread like spider webs all over her insides, <laughs> basically. So it's basically like backup of endometrium, which is a lining of the uterus that gets shed during a period, and it basically attaches... And like cements, it cements itself to your insides. It can it can attach to your colon. It can cause like digestive distress, IBS, all these different types of things. It can get attached to your pelvic floor, which can cause pain during yep. sex and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible. Like like they said, it's impossible to test for. It's like really hard to see on any type of sonogram because mm -hmm. it looks just normal, like endometrio. I mean, sorry, like typical lining or none. It's just really hard for them to yeah, test see, for. Mine was on the outside. Yeah. So it just encompassed everything like, like you said, like a spider web. Some p women have it really, really bad. It doesn't cause any symptoms. Some people have yeah. it very, very mildly and it causes really bad symptoms. So it really just depends person to person. And I know it's one of those things that like you hear this and you're like, I must have it. Yeah, I have a painful period. No. But not everybody does. I have no. fibroids. I've had cysts. 
I've never been tested for endometriosis, even though I told my doctors, I've had several, I've told every single one of them my mother's story, and they're like, nine times out of 10, that's probably going to be a similar story with you. So we just need to like watch it just because it's very, yeah. very, very hereditary. And I'm not walking around saying I have it, but um, your chances are I, a lot. Yeah, exactly. So if you have someone in your family that has struggled with that, it is something to just be aware of. And I feel like knowing that kind of information is really powerful. And so yeah, I really, right. I'm so happy that you went through that entire process and found how to diagnose this because that just helps me and it helps my daughter if I have one eventually and not pregnant. <laughs> anyway, you had your surgery. Had my surgery. And you guys decided to downsize and move to Colorado after I moved out and I moved in with Calm. Yes, and that was our favorite place. We took very, uh, we took several trips to Manitou Springs, Colorado on anniversary trips, little love trips. Yeah. And we loved that And I place. had gone to Colorado Yeah, right before you moved. And the hunter had gone ski trips with friends and we just thought, this is silly. You know, time's short. We haven't got to, we would get to be together every day. Like-minded people. That's yeah. right. And, you know, we could, and I've always wanted to live near the mountains. So we packed up and, and downsized and sold our house and loaded up the dogs and went and moved to the mountains. The and foot of Hayden, Pikes Peak. They don't live there anymore. No. So what was it like transitioning from not spending a lot of time together your entire relationship to being together 24-7? Well, it was great because we were already each other's number one fans. Absolutely. And so and so we have so much fun together and we don't take ourselves seriously. You're kind of homebodies. Like, we are we too. Are, we don't, and like, really hang out with a bunch of people. That's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why we are homebodies yeah. is because we were away from each other for so long. Yeah, you're catching up. Yeah, and so I get to just hang out with him if I want to and it's so groovy. Yeah. And You're our best friends too. Yes, yes. And so we cook together. We have fun at the grocery store. We have fun with our dogs. We love to sit on our patio. We love. What do you like the most? Huh? Movies. <laughs> oh, no. We love us some movies. Mom is like the biggest I'm, movie buff I've literally ever that's met. right. Okay, so you lived in Colorado for four years. Four years. And we only got to see her like, I would say, 10 times max. Oh, I will never go back and see her. No. But you had a positive experience. I did. I did. Chapter I, closed. I met some neat people. We shoveled way too much snow, but seven months of winter is too much for. Texas girl. But now they moved to right outside of St. Louis. Um, okay. And we'll just say St. Louis because your town's way too small for your safety. No, every, I'm kidding. <laughs> every town is so small in Illinois. Every 10 miles there is another town, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. They're the best drivers I've ever been around in my entire life. You lived They're there for a little courteous. bit, like a little less than a year. Yes, we've lived there nine months and we love it it's corn everywhere now i'm, I'm totally anti-monsanto i don't want to eat that corn and soybeans but it's beautiful <laughs> yeah it is pretty it's beautiful the weather is temperate except for this summer a little climate change has been hotter than hell but now it's nice and we get four seasons and the people are so nice did i ever say a good that change they're I don't so think you wonderful did. and i want to be close to y'all so i could Come see y'all and see Phoenix, and it would only be a morning drive. But they're probably wondering why not Nashville. It's because she's working. <laughs> that's right, because my job opening was in Southern Illinois. Yeah. And I went from working for a company in Colorado in the office and some installer work outside the office one day a week to total installer work, and I can make my own schedule, and I get to meet my clients, and I love them. and. Uh, I get to see elderly and disabled every day, and I might be the only face they see all day or uh -huh. all week. Well, yeah. do you feel fulfilled at I all? do. I do. I mean, I love what I, I love seeing all these clients. I love helping them. 
And so it's so nice to get to meet Tell them what you actually do, though. You install... I install medical equipment for elderly and disabled clients. They're always so thankful and so kind. And, I mean, even if if I get an old grouchy man on the phone, by the time I get there, they're tickled. If you had to pick a dream career and something that you eventually would love to pursue, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but what is your passion? Well, Michael and I went to an art college in Colorado and became silversmiths. And we love, I, I started making jewelry years ago, um, back in 2009, and, but I always wanted to work with fire. But, uh, and so we became silversmiths, and what's so funny is Michael's father was a machinist, and Michael was a machinist in his younger uh, life. And so it's so funny, we went to silversmith school, and some things he's so good at. It's insane. I just well, you can sure go see it at Peas and Carrots Silver yeah, on hashtag, Instagram. This is sponsored by Peas and Carrots Silver. <laughs> she just bought herself a Prius. Yes, I got a little Prius. I'm so excited. I was driving a giant Texas Suburban. I'm offsetting my carbon footprint. Yeah, she's trying. So she's trying. She's trying to make up for the 14 years she had <laughs> in a Suburban. Anyway, do you have any closing words of wisdom before you go get ready? And we're going to go get our vegan pizza. I guess I would stick with what I've always said to y'all, you know, my kids. I mean, be fearless, you know, take risks, do what you love and never, you know, and I wouldn't regret it. I would always, you know, be courageous and stay curious. This world is a a great big place and nobody knows it all. And there's always something constantly new to learn and some interest you may have never, ever been exposed to. So my wish for you and for everyone on this planet, but especially my kids, is to expose yourself to everything. There's something that you love that you might not even know about. And do your best and be good people. Good grief. Be be good people. Love each other hard. Do your best. And throw everything at your canvas. All the paint you can. It's a short life. Love you, Mom. Love you, everybody. Thanks for being on the podcast. That was fun. Lots of fun. Okay, so if you're still here, I hope that you are. This is my little tidbit of information from my mom, and I hope that I'm getting this right because she sent it in a couple disappearing voice memos that wouldn't let me save them, which I think is weird because I think that they used to be able to hit the word keep and it would save. Please let me know because it didn't work for me. But anyway, she wanted me to say that one of her favorite things to say to us growing up was everybody forgets, drops, spills, breaks, and loses because everybody does. This is just a fact. And she said that, shout out to her sister, Sherry. She was really picked on by their dad, just kind of micromanaged and made fun of whenever she would drop, spill, break, lose. Um, And so she wanted me to make sure to remind you guys that everybody does all of those things. And it's just part of the beautiful thing that makes you human. You know, so don't be so down on yourself. Don't try to be super perfectionistic. That kind of stuff literally happens to everybody. If I could add anything, it would be everybody drops, forgets, spills, loses, and poops. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.